Hey, I know you're probably driving or running or cleaning the house or doing something else when you're listening to this, but look, if you're a B2B marketer and you need to start generating revenue from your marketing, then you have to check out our 12-week program, the B2B Incubator. It's built for small, in-house B2B marketing teams with limited time and budget. We give you the strategy, the templates, and the tools to start driving revenue, not just leads. So if you're ready to act on all the advice Kevin and I give you, next time you take that first sip of coffee in the morning, make sure you head to the B2B Incubator and apply now. There's only 10 spots available per cohort with our next one launching at the end of May, 2024. Remember, the B2B Incubator, apply now so you don't miss out. We've had B2B marketing managers, CMOs, marketers in demand generals, content leads, and more all go through this program and they're currently executing the demand strategies that they've created. Some are now even contributing as much as 80% of the pipeline to their business after working through it. Make sure you check out the b2bincubator.com and apply now to start driving more demand and more revenue for your brand. Okay, let's get on with the show. Welcome to the B2B Playbook Podcast. Each week, we discuss strategies and tactics to help B2B businesses grow online. We're your hosts, Kevin and George, a couple of digital marketing professionals. We've waded through the noise and made the mistakes so you don't have to. The B2B world has changed and you need to put your customers at the heart of your marketing. We'll cover how you can use our framework, the five Bs, to create a brand that customers are ready to buy from, love and advocate for. We'll get insights from successful people in the industry and cover the latest trends to keep you on the cutting edge of the B2B world. If you're interested in B2B marketing strategies and tactics that work, then this podcast is for you. Subscribe to get the latest from the B2B playbook first. Remember, successful B2B marketing starts with the buyer. Welcome back to the B2B Playbook. Listeners, Kev, we are deep into season five of our podcast. We're dealing with the fifth B in our five B's framework, which is called Be the Best. Now, we are discussing our five B's framework right here. It's our framework for how small B2B marketing teams can create, can generate demand. It's a sustainable, evergreen framework. The first four Bs were be ready, be helpful, be seen, be better, and be the best. I'm not going to go through all of them, Kev, but basically those four Bs should really have hopefully set up our listeners for success. Today, we're going to talk about how our listeners can build an education ecosystem. Basically, it's a way to continue to grow, lead, and sustain the community around your brand and business. It's really what starts to put your brand building on autopilot. Kevin, maybe tell us a bit more about the fifth B, Be the Best, what it's all about, what we're dealing with this season. Sure thing, George. Listeners, welcome back to another week with us on the podcast. Fifth B, Be the Best. This season, we're talking about exploring the ways that you can really make sure you and your marketing stay evergreen and continue to be leaders in your industry. And in doing so, we also hope that you see the 5Bs framework more as a circular process that you can continue to iterate on and continue to deliver improvements from. And as George said, this week we are talking about how to build an education ecosystem as a way to really start to put your marketing B2B marketing on autopilot, but not completely on autopilot. You still have to put thought into it. Otherwise, you won't be able to stay in the lead for much longer. And 
the education ecosystem that we hope you'll build over time is a great way to help you do that without having to think too much actively about, okay, how do I stay at the top? So first, we'll, of course, give you some examples, practical examples, because I think that's the best way to illustrate what these look like of how big it can actually be. And of course, we'll give you some poor execution examples as well to hopefully avoid certain things. I think there'll be some very common things in there that will share frustrations on, not to call anybody out, but we all have areas to improve. And it's just a great way to illustrate where you should try and head to between the two examples. And then we're going to go into what we think it should look like and why it's really important to establish one for yourself sooner or later. That's an education ecosystem. And finally, we'll go through ourselves uh, once again as an example because it's the most readily available one to show you guys how we implemented our own education ecosystem and put it all into action. Kev, hopefully when you're talking about the B2B playbook, that's the positive example of how to do it and not the <laughs> negative one. All right, Kev, let's talk about examples of building an education ecosystem. People love examples. Let's just jump straight into that. Look, it can involve any combination of courses, books, seminars, webinars, podcasts, speaking engagements, consultancies, and more. And Kev, a quick little plug for the B2B Incubator. Look, when people go through our program, the B2B Incubator, we basically give them a 12-week program to go through and create what is essentially an education ecosystem over those 12 weeks. They really get the structure, the strategy in place, and that's what helps create that demand that drives pipeline and revenue. So there's been some really interesting examples come out of the Incubator, Kev. The latest one that's come out is this SaaS platform that helps electrical engineers manage their workforce better. So what do they do? They've gone through and they've created their own like 101 course on everything that electrical engineers need to know about workforce management. And they've put together these amazing resources. They're going to share it with all the electrical engineers. No one has ever paid this much attention to electrical engineers. And now all of a sudden you have this almost HubSpot style course for them to deeply engage them, to help them solve problems right now, to view this company that went through our program as the true expert in their space. And they're solving a problem that is connected to what their platform does. So super excited to see how that one goes. But let's talk about more popular, more accessible examples, Kev. HubSpot or Segment are great examples. Tell us about those. First of all, that's just a great example to give. Obviously, very connected to us. So it's always good to see people really putting things into practice and getting great results from it. Hopefully great results in the very short term, but fantastic to see them implement something so exciting and so very helpful, which is what the framework is all about. And I think definitely that will cement them as an industry leading expert for sure. HubSpot, as you mentioned, is a great example. Obviously, a lot of people will be aware of HubSpot Academy, which they describe as the worldwide leader in inbound marketing sales and customer service or support training. That and their blog has really become a big part of people's default source of information. We talk about that point a lot on this podcast. And actually, it's one of the pain points for our own audiences is that people can only defer to HubSpot as a source of information, education on a lot of things related to B2B marketing and sales, amongst other things. Beyond those realms, a lot of people are using HubSpot as that source of information and education. 
And it is a fantastic example of an ed- education ecosystem, as we said, to garner that much attention from the space and different industries with their knowledge, with their expertise, and with the helpful content is no easy feat. And it's obviously a great example. We rag on that as a pain point, as a lack of more tailored and more niche down information available on HubSpot. But generally, it's hitting the purpose for HubSpot. They want to cover the field with a lot of different industries. They're able to give more general foundational information on a lot of different topics that people generally don't have an alternative for. So that's a great example, for sure, of a very helpful education ecosystem. Segment. A little less well-known, but particularly in the marketing space, a lot of people do know it has a similar education hub, which they call Segment University. Now, some of you might remember us talking about Segment in the data episode in the last season where we talk about CDPs. They're very important because it's one of those growing pains of a business that eventually they'll need some way to control the data they have. And Segment knows this and knows that there's a lot of information around about that. So they've really established themselves as the industry leaders in that space. And I think a big part of that is because they have their own full courses on how to get the most out of their program, of their platform, and to also generally get into the CDB space. It's not a very common space right now. It's starting to get a bit more prominent as businesses grow. It's always that question of, does it sit in a product? Does it sit in data? Does it sit in marketing? And it's generally a mix of those things. So. A lot of confusion in the space and segment has really taken that opportunity to become a real education voice in that space with their segment university. So another great example of someone of a business who's really developing a lot of educational content and basing their growth on, in part at least, on that. All right, Kev, let's get into the bad examples. These are fun ones, but ones which I have no doubt that every listener here has faced is one of those YouTube or Facebook ads of people telling you how you can become a drop shipper just like them and get rich quick, or they have the secret source to passively making $5,000 of extra income a day. Look, a lot of these, if this sounds too good to be true, it absolutely is. They're obviously scams, as convincing as they might seem. And look, the easiest way to pick up on this is they simply just don't offer any or very little value up front. And that's a dead giveaway. Even if they're claiming to have all of these testimonials, if there's very little information around how they're doing it, and if they're not giving value away, look, it's probably a scam. So that's an example of a really bad education ecosystem because it's just not educational, is it, Kev? No, it's not. And as George said, the key thing is they're just not offering a lot of value. In contrast, let's give another example of a good one. I know Intercom Customer Success Platform, which really started in business messaging, they've written whole books in this education space about how they got started, how businesses are providing a service in customer support through the platform like theirs, but they go well beyond just the use of their platform in those books. They really talk about a lot of use cases of how they built up their own business and really start to succeed through a very focused approach on customer success and they're sharing all those learnings through their own journey through these full books full courses that they are providing so that is just a complete contrast to things like those youtube ads that purport to get get you rich quick and you can see the value right from the get-go you can sign up to intercom's learning hub without 
potentially without even an account a lot of times or a trial account and you can get access to most of this information for free so that's the sort of difference between a good education ecosystem and a bad one often the dead giveaway is how much value are they offering up front Okay, Kev, well, let's talk about what a good education system looks like and really why it's important to have one. So what an education ecosystem should fundamentally do is really it's an advanced version of positioning yourself as an expert and making it fully scalable. Now, we know that the first step to doing that is, of course, to deeply understand your customer, which you should have done, hopefully, if you've been listening to the B2B playbook from season one, because listeners, we designed this podcast to be listened to in order. But then it's also to help deliver helpful content and value up front. That's still the focus. Even if the form or tactic has now changed to an education ecosystem or hub, the purpose is to deliver helpful content and value. So whatever form it ultimately takes, it should just simply follow your dream customer's preferences. We talk a lot about finding out what those preferences are in that be ready stage, interviewing and talking to your dream customers, finding out what that key group really likes. And this is where you put it into action. Do they prefer podcasts? Do they want an intensive program? Do they want extensive articles online that goes through a lot of the things that they have questions about in detail that they can go through in their own time when they're ready to action certain points? Or is it some combination of those things? You don't have to guess, just ask your dream customers. If you have an idea about how you put that mix together, check with your dream customers before you launch. Don't guess, it's a very quick conversation to have with one or two people even if it's just that, to validate that this will actually be something that's of value to them and then start building those things. And you can start by building one thing at a time. This is all the stuff that we've covered before and be helpful, but here you're focusing on building an educational system if you haven't got one already as a collection of all that helpful material to give you the added advantage of going beyond just simply roughly organizing your helpful content. You're actually building it so that it's an educational platform, it's an educational system that people can access very easily, can get into your helpful content in a more structured way so that you can guide them through how to best educate themselves and to pick up the expertise for themselves and in turn puts you in place as that industry expert, not for just knowing this stuff, but also for being able to teach it to other people and to share that knowledge. And that kind of leads on to our next talking points, which is what are the benefits of doing this? So we covered a few ideas there, but let's go through what are the real key benefits of building this educational system beyond just producing your helpful content. All right, folks, quick breather here. In my time in B2B marketing, generally I've come to realize that there are just certain tools that can be an absolute game changer. And that's why I'm really excited to talk about Leadfeeder. Uh, It's a tool that helps you cut through the data and turn those website visitors into solid leads and opportunities for your business. Leadfeeder shows you which companies are checking out your site, tracking their behavior, and it integrates all of this with your CRM. And the result is it's basically like a secret weapon for targeted lead engagement, and it really makes it easier for your team to convert website traffic into sales. Head to leadfeeder.com, give it a free demo, and you'll also get a free extended premium trial when you let the rep know that you found out about Leadfeeder through the B2B Playbook podcast. That's leadfeeder.com. Okay, check it out. Back to the show. 
Kev, I think one of the most important ones straight off the bat, and it's one that has enabled us to do everything we do and run our business, um, it's that by doing this, you have your knowledge automated. So you no longer need to be driving leads or revenue. It comes to you. Now, this still stands true as helpful content. So the idea is we are still covering those five stages of awareness that go from someone being totally unaware that they need our program, the B2B incubator, to being led to the logical conclusion that, holy crap, I need the B2B incubator right now. And you guys are the only ones to do it. Now, Because we are covering those five stages, because we've created this education ecosystem, we have this content on autopilot and we don't have to spend all of our time creating this helpful content. And look, nothing says that you're an expert like being, I guess, the co-host, Kev, of a podcast that's over 100 episodes that serves a very niche segment of the marketing world. So we've chosen a tribe and we have done everything we can to understand them and we've been there ourselves and we've given them the solutions to those problems that we experienced. So that's really helped position us as an expert over time. And because you're an expert listeners, then there's a lot of trust built into that as a teacher and educator in a space, you're there to help. And hopefully you're showing that you're able to show that through your helpful content. The next benefit that we want to talk about briefly touched on this already is it does make you and your helpful content a lot more easier to access. You have one simple place that you can point people to. So it makes it easy for you to point people to the right place. And they have one simple place to familiarize themselves with your brand, with your expertise and with your content. They don't need to go searching through a website, trying to find helpful content somewhere else with deep within your website. Maybe it all lives in a very structured way in an education hub. So it's easy for them to establish that trust as well. And also, there's not a whole bunch of different channels that they need to go through once they are already aware of you. They might need those different touch points to become aware of you and your brand in the first place, but then they don't need to go through all those different channels to find out all the information or the helpful content that you've provided before. They don't need to go through the saved LinkedIn posts. They don't need to go through old newsletters or old podcasts. Potentially, they have one education hub. They can jump into to reference all those different pieces of content, and that can help them navigate to the right piece of helpful content a lot quicker. So a lot easier and better experience for your dream customers and people looking to learn from you, but also a lot easier for you to point them and direct new people coming into your ecosystem on where to go to get further information without you having to hold their hand through a lot of that journey into understanding and building trust with your brand. And Kevin, we're going to get into the meat and potatoes of how to do that more explicitly later on, but I'm sorry to use the B2B playbook as an example again, but it's just something that's very accessible to our listeners because you guys obviously follow us. Yeah, sure, you probably discovered us on LinkedIn because we repurpose our content there. But once you get to the b2bplaybook.com, every single episode is neatly organized. We've organized it by season, which aligns with the stage of our framework. So you can see every single thing we've done and navigate it yourself without Kevin and I having to handhold you and point you in the direction of different resources. And I think, Kev, that's what really separates an education ecosystem from just a blog full of helpful content. That's it, listeners. 
And another added benefit of having that hub or ecosystem in place is it makes it a lot easier for you to again interact with the Dream 100 as well. It's easier for you to reach out and continue a conversation with them and understand them better because you have a place to point them to to say, can I get feedback on this particular thing? Hey, can you share this particular thing that looks very professional, very coherent to their audiences? It makes it a lot easier for you to better engage with them, to get feedback, to work together and to collaborate with the Dream 100 who ultimately will hopefully become your best business partners So again, another added benefit of having that education ecosystem in place. And just on a more personal level, I think besides those benefits that we talked about already, it really does help clarify the topic in your own understanding and expertise. We all know that teaching something helps you really retain that information and refine the information that you're trying to learn. So building an educational hub is no different to that. You're organizing, you're putting everything that you know into a structure that makes sense for someone that you're trying to communicate who's new to the space. And that will really greatly improve your own clarity on the topic and your own expertise. Certainly, that's the experience that George and I have had. We knew a lot of this stuff. We knew the general structure. But to get to the nitty gritty of some of the details as we go through the process of building the podcast and the content around it, it really has helped us to clarify and crystallize a lot of the more nitty-gritty details of how everything links together and how to actually execute different things. Kev, let's give another great example of a good educational ecosystem. And it's actually the one that inspired us to do the B2B playbook in the format that we have today. And that's The Property Couch. Now, for those who don't know, The Property Couch is a podcast that's very popular in Australia providing advice all around how people can get into the homeowning market, how they can buy their first property, and then how to build wealth passively by leveraging those properties. Now, they also have another business. I think if they have a buyer's agency where, of course, they can go and buy property on behalf of you, which typically have an awful reputation. But Kev, you and I grew to trust them so much that you and I actually reached out to them, thinking of leveraging them just for our own selves personally. And they also have a SaaS product off the back of it that lets you track your own wealth and do comparisons. Uh, which is amazing. And they've just built so much trust off the back of their podcast. And Kev, something that we really loved about the way they did their podcast is they spent the first four or five episodes laying down their framework for property investing. And then that's something that they have then elaborated on in the next couple of hundred episodes. So you and I took tremendous inspiration from that. Yeah, certainly. And they really extended that whole ecosystem, didn't they? The podcast, as you said, was very well structured. It was a really easy way in. But once we dug in, we wanted to find out more details. We didn't want to listen to however many hundreds of episodes that they have, a lot of which were potentially not relevant to us. So we were able to then tap into other related uh, resources that they have, things like books, which are much easier to get the overarching picture on and to dive into specific spots that we needed. And there was a related service, as you said, around buying agents, but they also have things like wealth planners to go beyond just the property part of wealth building and to look at the whole picture of someone's wealth portfolio. They even have a whole platform now where depending on whether you want to be self-serve or have someone guide you through it, there's a tool to help you track your wealth, to do all your planning for your future wealth goals and wealth building goals, and then to track that day to day. And Obviously, 
that is something that is tremendously helpful to their audience and something that we aspire to hopefully have one day in our own platform as well. And we're taking the first steps towards that and building the incubator program and then start to elaborate and build more things around that to give more and more value to our listeners. All right, Kev, let's talk about explicitly how our listeners can go about building this education ecosystem themselves for their brand, for the company that they're working in. And we are going to deal with how we've done it, the B2B playbook, because we can speak firsthand from our experience. I will again say, Kev, that the shortcut for anyone listening is to check out the b2bincubator.com where we give you the strategy, the templates and the tools really to do a lot of this yourself, to really take that mental load away from having to figure it out yourself. But we're going to give you the highlights here so you can see kind of how you can do it yourself. And as always, Kev, like any good marketing advice, it starts with really understanding very deeply your dream customers and asking yourself, and asking them even, is an educational hub really relevant? Is it something that they would want? Now, you and I, we saw a need for a framework from our own experience in B2B marketing, but also from talking to our clients at the time and to this day, we are constantly in touch with B2B marketers, particularly those in small teams, and we can see what their needs and pains are. We can see that really they're largely being ignored. Their specific unique situations are being ignored by all the generic advice out there. So yes, the answer was you do want it. And obviously you do because you're right here listening with us. I think the next step then, once you get that yes, is to first look at your existing helpful content. Hopefully you're starting to build a lot of that already. If it's something that you need to do, you might need to question whether it's still helpful. Maybe there's a different way to formulate that. Yes, there might be a need for an education hub or ecosystem, but potentially there's even quicker low lift wins for you and your audience. If you can just tweak how your helpful content is presented, maybe it just needs to be reorganized and centrally referenced and just go about doing just that will be enough. If that's the case, go about doing that. Otherwise, Still organize the content, but also start to build a roadmap around filling the gaps. So go back to be helpful and start looking at our episodes about the process for adding new channels and content, because that's probably where you need to start to build enough of a cache of helpful content in different channels to start building that educational hub. It shouldn't be a big lift at this point to then start to integrate the different channels. So for us, we started the podcast after honing our own expertise and framework but then we quickly saw that need to build something more onto the podcast. Yes, we needed to have that framework. Yes, we had that from the start with the podcast, but we needed to add different ways to access that content. So we started doing things like LinkedIn once we got the podcast down. We started doing YouTube more recently once we got those two channels working better. And these are all following the feedback from our dream customers. They first wanted something that was a bit easier to access on the go that really laid out the framework that we put together and so that was the podcast and then we started talking to our listeners a bit more and we found out that potentially some of that long-form content it's not as easily accessible to everyone out there and potentially people aren't discovering it as quickly because of the form that it came in so we added linkedin as a much shorter way to access some of that content to then link back and get that exposure to the podcast podcast isn't going to explode by itself so we needed an avenue a channel to get it out there 
And so we step-by-step step added these things that our gym customers were indicating and telling us directly or indirectly that they needed from our education hub and ecosystem. Kev, a key element there that I want to highlight is that, look, we started the podcast after honing our expertise and framework. So, look, you and I, we are the founders of the company, but we're also the subject matter experts. Now, marketers, you listening, you're probably working for organizations where you're not the subject matter expert. Now, that doesn't mean that this isn't the right avenue for you. A lot of the marketers who come through the B2B incubator, a lot of the marketers that we speak to aren't that subject matter expert, but they can leverage subject matter experts internally or externally. You just have to have a plan to guide them through what content to help you create. And look, you don't need to be the one who's getting them to write all these episodes. You just need to get really a skeleton down of what journey you need to take, what knowledge journey you need to take that dream customer on, combine that with your subject matter experts' knowledge and then use that to fill in the gaps and create this education ecosystem. So don't feel like just because you're not a subject matter expert yourself, don't feel like that's a limitation because you can still always leverage subject matter experts internal to the business or external to the business. And sooner or later, you'll have to do that. As we have expert guests on the show, we show that same way of doing things. We are experts in certain areas, but we're not experts across the whole framework. And that's where you bring in other subject matter experts in to help you with those content collaborations, which are very powerful in their own right. The next step then, once you started on this journey of building an education hub, is really to refine with practice and not more planning. And something that we're often still getting the balance right ourselves, we got a lot of feedback around the need to help implement the framework and to put together the incubator program just to do that. And that's why we put together the incubator. Some people really talk to us about having a program in place to help them get through the process because having just the program out there in a podcast or shared through LinkedIn posts or even we were planning a book at one stage, it just wasn't getting there quick enough for our audience and the audience felt like they needed to do a lot of heavy lifting before they could really get the benefit out of it. So we put together the incubator after that feedback. That would not have been possible without those continued conversations with our dream customers to understand the pain points, short on time, short on resources, how to implement, to help us guide our ideas around building that incubated program and to continue to refine our content as well. We couldn't have planned the direction of this from day one. We certainly didn't. And we just stuck true to our philosophy and goal to help B2B marketers. Are we tweaking things in our content to keep improving how we're delivering value and help our B2B marketers audience? If not, how can we make that better? As you've seen in the perfect campaign, and if you listen to our previous episodes, we're constantly doing that. We're learning, as George would like to say, flying by the seat of our pants. But as much as it looks like we're making things up along the way, and certainly there's an element to that, a lot of that is based on that philosophy of are we sticking true to our dream customers? Are we continuing to offer helpful content to them? That's always the guiding post that we come back and ask ourselves whenever we have new tactics, new ideas that we want to test is it going to be the most helpful thing for us to do to help our dream customers? That's it, Kev. It's all about choosing your tribe and serving them as deeply as you can. Well, George, I think we talk a lot also about the B2B playbook as an example, the B2B incubator as an example. One other example we can list here when we're talking about refine with practice rather than more planning 
is, I don't know if this is a wife's tale, I don't know if it's actually true, but there's a story of university assignments being put to a photography class. Maybe it was a pottery class, maybe it was a photography class. But the idea behind this story is that the students who consistently got better marks and better results from these classes weren't the ones that spent all the time planning and perfecting one photograph or one pottery piece. It was those that made the most balls at the pottery class or took the most photos. They learned with practice. They learned and refined over time much quicker than those who were planning the perfect one because they didn't learn from experience. And for us, it's the same idea that we're trying to encapsulate here at this stage when you know the right thing is to build an education hub or ecosystem, you know what content your dream customers want to actually refine it to the point to make that a reality, you have to do it with practice and not more planning. Just do it like the Nike slogan says, you just need to get started and start practicing. That theme comes up a lot, but often in the B2B marketing space, there's a million and one priorities and that results in a thousand plans. And funnily enough, not enough practice or shots taken on any of those plans. So we need to start honing in on the ones that we know for sure our dream customers want and actually start putting in the hours, getting those 10,000 hours of practice in to make sure we're actually becoming the experts. We're actually delivering value. That's it. Take action, test and learn, but not in the way that 99% of marketers test and learn where they just get a random theory or messaging from competitors to test or a project that a competitor has done to test get the information from the customer get the insights start with that because that's actually going to be really close to what's probably going to work test that and then develop your learnings from there based on feedback from the customer it's the way that we've done it it's the way that i think the best of these education systems are built kevin look i think we've already shared that when we set out to share our 5b's framework we had a, a skeleton of the 5B's framework. We had really pretty close to our first 100 episodes planned, but we filled in so many gaps along the way. And now looking back, my God, what a beast of a thing that we've done. And that would have been so daunting if we felt like we had to have every single little tiny minutia and detail filled out before starting. We would never have got there, ever. Yeah, for sure, George. And I think, you know, the older dodges throw a bunch of things at the wall and see what sticks. Maybe give yourself the best chance of having something stick to the wall by picking up a few things that's sticky to begin with, giving yourself a target, a piece of wall that potentially is a bit smaller but a bit easier to hit with those sticky things that you already have on hand. And just giving yourself the best chance to succeed because as we said before, a lot of B2B marketing businesses, you don't have that many chances you don't have that many shots to take. So make sure the shots that you do take count as much as possible. All right, George, key takeaways for this episode. The first one is that building an education system or ecosystem as a way to continue to grow and lead, but also sustain the community around you is a great way to go once you have some helpful content already as your base. It will really help your brand and business go forward that one step further to keep on top as the leading industry experts. And while there's an endless number of ways that you can practically go about building one of your own, remember to put things into context and ask yourself, is this something that your dream customers have asked for or would get value from? Is it something that they've actually said is going to be helpful? And in what ways do they want that to take form? And once you decide to do it, let your dream customers lead you and get your practice in 
over time to improve over time. Practice makes perfect, not planning. Very good, Kevin. Look, I'm going to add one more and that's listeners. This is really what we cover in the B2B incubator. We position the B2B incubator to be all about demand generation and it is our demand generation program, but you can go through and use that exact same framework to build this education system. And that's what so many of our marketers do when they go through the program. So go and check out the B2B incubator.com forward slash apply hyphen now and check it out for yourself. Okay, listeners, as always, you can find links to everything we discussed in the show notes. And Kevin and I are so grateful that each week more and more marketers tune in every Monday to the B2B Playbook podcast. And if we can ask just one thing, it would be to please pass the show onto someone who you think would get value from it. Also, make sure you check us out on YouTube so you can see our faces and the visuals that go along with this. It's a huge help to us if you comment or like or do whatever, subscribe. We really, really appreciate it. Thank you, Kev. Thank you, listeners. Take care and catch you next week. Thank you, George. Thank you, listeners. Catch you all next week. A quick note before you go, listeners. You can find more great content and get in touch with us at theb2bplaybook.com. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and our newsletter while you're there to get the latest news, tips, and resources from our playbook. We'll be back the same day and same time with another episode next week. Thanks for tuning in to the B2B Playbook. Remember, successful B2B marketing starts with the buyer.